Hello, JoJo fans, and welcome to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's bizarre adventure. My name is Courtney. This is episode 74, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Heavy Weather One. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime. We do have a localized title for this mini arc, and it's uh, Heavy Forecast, because that's what they call him, Heavy Forecast, I guess, or well, Weather Forecast. Yeah, localized, the the character's name is Weather Forecast as well, right? Yeah, which, again, when you think about the overall landscape of localized names in JoJo, it makes sense. If you can't use Weather Report, I guess using Weather Forecast is pretty much on par. Um, But, uh, yeah, I still like Weather Report better. Talking about these localized names just reminds me of, I think, here in the States... Stores like Box Lunch and Hot Topic have come out with Stone Ocean t-shirts and merchandise, which like I'd like to you know purchase them, but it says the localized names of things, such as weather forecast, and it just doesn't sound or like it doesn't look pleasing on a t-shirt to wear compared to their actual names. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to try and buy jojo merch when they're using localized names and titles i think you've been eyeballing this one buchetta t-shirt for a long time but it mm-hmm. says Zipperman on it yeah. you could buy it for the memes you know that that could be one angle no because <laughs> <laughs> i know it, it's not bootleg but it would just feel like i was wearing bootleg jojo merchandise <laughs> i know a lot of um uh, I won't say real JoJo fans, but a lot of diehard JoJo fans usually opt for the original names um, in these cases. So no worries, totally understand. But speaking of diehard JoJo fans, we have a new patron joining us at the Strictly Series Patreon who happens to be a diehard JoJo fan and happens to be a great friend of the podcast. So we want to give a huge shout out to Earthworm. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much, Earthworm, for your support and being a great friend of the podcast. I mean, this isn't something that we had forecasted, (laughs) but we are very glad to have another JoJo fanatic in our family. Yeah, and it was such a pleasant surprise. And again, we can't say how much we appreciate your support. And um, for anyone listening who's familiar with our other podcast, Strictly Anime, Earthworm is a name you've probably heard many times, as well as his podcast along with JD, which is Anime Brothers Podcast. They've been a guest on Strictly Anime many times. We've been a guest on their podcast many times. So we've got a, a really good friendship with them. And they also have done a couple of episodes dedicated to reviewing different parts of JoJo. And timely with what we're doing here at Strictly JoJo, they recently put out a an episode um, where they review the final part of Stone Ocean. That came out in December, so if you're interested in hearing that, head over to Anime Brothers Podcast, scroll to their episodes in December, and you'll see it. It's titled JoJo's Part 6, Stone Ocean, Finished Strong. So once again, thank you, Earthworm. We really, really appreciate it. And if any of you guys listening would like to support the show as well and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-show, or even see our show schedules to find out what's coming down the road, then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series. And one more piece of exciting news for us here at the Strictly series. We were recently guests on TV and movie trivia pod. Um, the episode is should be live um, pretty soon here over at TV movie trivia pod. And we were invited on once again, this time to do trivia for the movie Kung Pao, which is a cult classic. And I was so excited to do this because I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. Yeah, you think Jojo has a bizarre adventure? I think the chosen one in Kung Pao has an equally bizarre, if not even more bizarre adventure. Yeah, I think Kung Pao, um, it's it's one of those really weird movies and we enjoy, Carl and I enjoy very weird things. Um, if anyone's familiar with like Tim and Eric, we love Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Great Job. We love Eric Andre, just like those very, I don't know what the, the word for it is. But it's very strange type of um, pieces of media. And I would say Jojo's Bizarre Adventure falls in that realm. I mean, it has a cohesive story. It has really cool characters. But it is a really weird show. I think my cult classic is kind of the umbrella term for that. Just shows that 
I mean, there are shows and movies that have become cult classics that have great stories or or just great cinematography or whatever. But then you have stuff like Kung Pao that are cult classics in their own right, um, maybe for the wrong reasons. <laughs> And again, those of you who are fans of Strictly Anime as well um, are probably going to be familiar with Brian, who hosts TV Movie Trivia Pod. He's been on our podcast a number of times to talk about Attack on Titan, and this will be our third time um, guest guest spotting, guest appearing on TV Movie Trivia Pod. Um, first time was for The Office, second time was for the movie Thor, and then of course this time is for Kung Pao. So if you're interested in hearing how we did with Kung Pao trivia and to test your own knowledge, head over to TV and Movie Trivia Pod and find that episode. On to some JoJo news this week, straight from jojonews.com, and this was something that I happened to find on Twitter as well, is Broadly's New York and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean Lingerie, which we were just previously talking about jojo merchandise and and fashion well maybe i should consider getting lingerie instead of the t-shirts that <laughs> have the localized names uh but i think broad Elise, new york it's not an actual american brand i think it's a japanese uh, fashion brand and yeah they're collaborating with jojo to release jolene jolene themed lingerie this month um and there are photos we can share the article on Discord from JoJoNews.com. It's funny because the, the model is actually, her hair is styled to look like Jolene's. Um, and, I, and some of the poses that she does in the lingerie are also very Jolene-esque. Yeah, I think the line is pretty good. Um, I think it's a pretty limited line, but the like the style of everything matches what I imagine Jolene would wear. Um, so I think it's a, a pretty solid line but i think it's as of right now um well i don't know much about broadleys if they're like a a female only type of lingerie company or if they have lingerie for men as well but um i think right now that line is just the one set right yeah and it comes in different styles and colors i mean it comes with uh in the original anime colors for jolene's outfit there's also in orange version which kind of reminds me of Hermes's outfit uh so yeah anyone who's interested in this obviously I think it's only being sold in Japan um the bra is at about 66 US dollars and the panties and garter belt cost 33 dollars US dollars each so pretty price for these um and I don't know if maybe you can wear this for like the raunchy time, the snail time. <laughs> the the know, raunchy time. The raunchy snail time, as we're going to talk about in this episode. Or, you know, I think people like to wear wear these kinds of outfits at, like, anime convention raves. Yeah, I could see somebody wearing, like, just this straight-up lingerie as their rave outfit or something at, a, at an anime convention. So who knows? Maybe we'll see that down the road. Another piece of JoJo news this week, although it's not official JoJo news, but it has been making the rounds on Twitter and social media, especially for its, I guess, meme content, is that the Battle Royale game Fortnite tweeted the a picture of, I guess it's the a new DLC skin. I'm not familiar with Fortnite, um, but it's very sus because picture that they tweeted is of the character i guess hana and her demon outfit kelleritas <laughs> i have no idea what this means but the picture itself shows this character and people are speculating that it's a jojo reference especially if you look at uh, hana's outfit it's very much stylized in the same way that jolene's outfit appears in part six where it's that top and then those kind of, I don't know what you would call them, like suspender-like materials connecting it to her pants um, and just that like aqua green, neon green palette also reminds me of Jolene. Yeah, straight up. Any JoJo fan would look at this and in an instant think this is 
Jolene. And someone said, okay, so the comments on this tweet are great. Um, so if you haven't seen this image or the tweet, like definitely, <laughs> definitely scroll through the comments. They're really funny. But someone's like, ah, yes, Jolene and her stand guts. I was actually thinking <laughs> that this, whatever this thing is that looks like it should be her stand, looks like what I imagine um silver chariot would look like but silver chariot requiem or something like if mm. it were to go berserk then I, that's what i'm my that's where my head's going so i'm like it's jolene and silver chariot <laughs> and even the the poses i feel like we've seen other jojo characters in these exact poses um although it does look like this hana character has to take a piss that was oh, my yeah. first thought i was like she gotta pee <laughs> uh yeah so Make of it what you will. Um, we'll share the tweet uh, in the Discord, and you can look at this picture. Uh, it's it's just funny because I think people, you know, Fortnite has been doing so many anime collaborations recently, and I think I saw a meme where it was like a, a fake tweet that was hinting at Jolene possibly appearing in the game. But this is kind of like that other meme where it's like, like if someone like a kid says mom can we have jojo and then the mom says we have jojo at home and this is what jojo at home looks like so yeah she pales in comparison to the real jolene but the resemblance is uncanny whether or not it was intentional maybe we'll never know but uh i think as jojo fans we can immediately assume what this does look like so now on to today's episode Heavy weather one. This starts the weather report arc that I'm excited for and also dreading because as you guys know, I fucking love weather report. He's my favorite stone ocean character. And we all know at this point what happens at the end of these three episodes. So it's going to be very bittersweet for me, but really excited to have some weather report focused moments, especially when he was absent for pretty much all of the second core. So what were your like initial takeaways from this episode? Because it is called heavy weather, but I think there's a lot that happens outside of what's going on with Weather Report. I don't think this starts to the three-part arc for Weather Report actually starts out pretty heavy. If I may use a term that we frequently use on Strictly JoJo, I think this feels like a transitional episode that is about to take us to a significant revelation about weather report himself but this this episode is just all about like cloudy with a chance of snails right? <laughs> um, but we do get really interesting clues about the importance that weather report is going to play when it comes to poochie's plan and even with the ending of stone ocean and I think that's probably why they called it heavy weather instead of weather report, um, because it is sort of like an evolution of his stand. He's got his memories back. And now those subconscious things, those automatic things that have you, that weather report stand, weather report uh, can activate without him being able to control are now coming back into the picture. So maybe that's maybe it's more of a focus on his stand's evolving ability versus him himself in this episode because it really focuses heavily on the snails the rainbows how it impacts people what it's doing to the city to florida probably overall and then kind of a subplot to that is uh what's going on with versus trying to find emporio so it's kind of like this is the proper conclusion to to versus's arc even though we had all the stuff with Underworld in the previous two episodes versus still plays a, a somewhat significant role here. Um, but yeah, I think that there's that sort of transition, that hybrid transition between ending his arc and jumping right into Weather Report's arc with this episode. All right, JoJo fans, be sure to break out your umbrellas as we dive her down into our synopsis and discussion for part six, episode 30, Heavy Weather 1. Not even the world's best meteorologist could have forecasted that Weather Report would turn into a complete and vindictive dick out for the blood of Poochie Gangier. The vendetta brought out by Weather's newly evolved stand, Heavy Weather, begins in the form of rainbows that bring about a fate worse than the ten plagues of Egypt, a torrential pouring of snails. And if you're too sluggish to avoid their radiant beams, 
then there's nowhere else you can escargot, which is exactly what happens to Hermes and Jolene once Versus and Poochigangier escape their clutches, though they are torn between pursuing the pesky pair or whacking the waywardness out of weather. The prison posse partners decide to point their snail trail towards Dio's bastard son, who after using a Jolene copycat cheat code to find out his identity, is pursuing Emporio to try and take Jotaro's soul album for his own collection and to learn the recipe for Diozaster, because a grown adult pursuing a young boy is perfectly normal. Escar Jolene manages to catch up to Versus and infects both him and Emporio with the viscous virus so as to keep her father's soul album in the right hands, or I guess, shell. The prison posse assign Versus to chauffeur duties but find that their hijacked car is full of Johns, Pauls, Georges, and Ringos, making this a very sluggish but sinister ticket to ride. Meanwhile, a couple blocks away, Hisokasui tries to weather the gusts of gastropods created by his puffy-haired partner, whose Find My Poochie app has tracked down his unrighteous brother only mere meters away. Get your umbrellas ready, JoJo fans, because this snail storm is about to turn into a shit storm. And now onto our next segment of the show is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. And we just have one music reference in this episode. That is with Weather Report's Evolved Stand and the title of this episode, Heavy Weather. This is in reference to Heavy Weather, the seventh album by jazz fusion band Weather Report. Released in 1977, which, after selling 500,000 copies in its original release, went on to be the band's most commercially successful album. Heavy Weather features the jazz standard Birdland, which was covered in 1979 by Manhattan Transfer, which, if you recall, is the namesake for John Gallier's stand from Stone Ocean Part 1. See, it all connects. Wow. Well, now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode. And we have one. Finally, we have one. That meme happens in the first half of the episode when Jolene and Hermes first encounter the rainbows and the snails. And Hermes explains to Jolene how snails mate. And the meme is Jolene saying, organisms that can have sex with anything it touches, I'm kind of jealous. So I'll share a copy or a, um, a screenshot of that meme uh, panel it comes from the manga um, the one that's most frequently used I'll share a copy of that in the discourse if you're not a member of our discord the link to join is in the description you forgot to mention that she says I mean no it's it's just gross <laughs> although it's translated different for the Netflix adaptation well, not Netflix adaptation but the anime as Netflix has translated it so it's not a one for one again what i'm reading out is what's on the manga panel and what's most frequently used for that meme but i think she she says basically the same thing but not in the same way um in the anime the episode starts off with weather report as it should because the episode is titled after his stand and it starts right at the end of the last episode i think where weather report was like shoving that injured guy off of the bench yeah, why is he such a dick? I know. So in this scene, Weather Report looks evil and then like attacks a nurse who's trying to defend the the patient that Weather Report shoved. And he starts like bloating him with water or whatever. And honestly, he's got to calm him down. And so the the entire episode kind of shows. So it's it's minimal scenes with Weather Report, but all of them show him looking kind of evil or just really pissed off. And um, my bias aside with Weather Report being my favorite character, I don't think he's actually evil. Because if we think about the next episode or two, he doesn't do anything to directly attack anyone except for this nurse who pissed him off. He goes after mm -hmm. Poochie, of course, um, but he doesn't attack Anasui. He doesn't even tell Anasui to, like, fuck off or anything. Um, and you do have the Sons of Dio telling Jolene, oh, Weatherport is now becoming your enemy because he's got his memories back or whatever. And even she's like, no, he's not our enemy. He's still our friend. So I think there's a, uh, to me, there's a distinction here that Weatherport is maybe behaving in a way that appears evil, but it seems like he's more just really fucking pissed off and broken from what happened with Poochie that we'll see in the next episode. 
And I think he's more so out for revenge, which he does comment on at the end of this episode saying his sole purpose is to settle the score with Poochie. So he may look like he's being evil or maybe they're trying to make, they're trying to elude that he's turned evil, but really he doesn't do anything evil besides that poor nurse. Yeah, I guess that nurse was his only real victim after, or before he confronts Poochie. I figured, yeah, that he's just mad at the world for what we discover about Weather Report's past, which is going to happen in the next episode. And maybe with him just regaining his memories, it's kind of like he's had to put this vendetta on pause for so long that right now he just needs to get his his short-tempered rage out. And unfortunately, it's the nurse that stands in his way. I imagine it does it will have some effect on him to go basically zero to a hundred. He has no memory, so he's just living life in sort of a shell like state. And then suddenly all of this rage comes flooding back into his being. That's gotta be pretty intense, which I think is why in the previous episode he's really like huddled over, he's grabbing his head, he seems to be in some sort of pain. So yeah, I I imagine that there is going to be a reaction like this, but is he actually evil? I would argue no. I think to add to that as well, and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to that part, is that Poochie explains that everything that's happening um, with these snails is in Weatherport's subconscious or maybe something he can't even control or is aware of that, that is part of his Stan's ability. So he's not intentionally trying to hurt anybody. And so that's why, again, it leads me to believe he's not inherently evil now that his memories are back. It's just a bunch of shit is happening all at once and none of it is good. But I think that they, like the Sons of Dio and Pucci have talked about how Weather Report's stand is just so out of control and he can't kind of keep his abilities under control. So who who do you think is the bigger threat to humanity, Weather Report or Pucci. Ooh. I mean, immediately it would be weather report because everyone's turning to snails. And if he got really pissed off enough at the world, he could rip the ozone layer apart like versus mentions. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know. I think ultimately it's Poochie because weather report is still in a, enough of a, a correct mind state to still partner with Anasui. And I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but in the next episode, I believe or maybe the, the one after that um, weather report basically tells Anasui, like, I'm not out to hurt any of you guys. I just want to fucking kill Poochie. <laughs> so we do have that confirmation that we'll get to eventually. So, yeah, I don't know. It just depends on, like, the time frame, right? Like, immediately, I think the worst threat is weather report because mm-hmm. he's fucking everything up in his subconscious. But even if he were to stop that, that doesn't stop Poochie. Yeah, I guess the way I see it is that both of their stands are – apocalyptic in their own rights where weather reports is a lot more destructive whereas poochie's is more of like a a, almost like a time reset so like those are both dangerous in their own respective ways but i yeah i think it just boils down to who's using these stands and like you said weather reports not that it's a, a more righteous cause but He's directing his anger towards one person, whereas Pucci thinks in a demented way that he's doing this for the good of all mankind. Yeah, and maybe they're saying that Weather Report is now your enemy, like to Jolene and Hermes, because he's not able to control heavy weather. He's not able to stop the snails. It's all I think it's all tied to his emotions, honestly. And since he's so fucking pissed off, like... He may not even realize that these things are stemming from his own Stan's ability. So it's like it's unbiasedly attacking everybody. But that means it is also attacking Jolene, Hermes, Anasui, and Emporio. So he could be seen as a maybe enemy is too strong of a word or not the right word. But he is a threat to them also unless he can get this under control. And speaking of the snails... Hermes comes into contact with a rainbow when her and Jolene are still underground with Versus and Poochie. And when she comes into contact with one of the rainbows, we see snail eggs come pouring out of her arm, but then her arm closes back up. And my initial thought was, 
How did she not get permanently impacted by the snails? And Jolene will answer this question in a little bit, but it is interesting to note that um, even though she made direct contact with the rainbow, her arm, which split open, closes pretty quickly after that. I think you're referring to when Jolene says that stand users probably have a higher tolerance against this ability than regular folks. Exactly, because you'll see in in um, a, a moment not too long after this where they get out of the hole and those two officers are there. The officers make contact uh, at least what seems to be pretty briefly with the rainbows, but then they are not able to sort of correct themselves or bounce back. Like they are immediately impacted and just start exploding with snails. And um, I think that... It helps to a certain degree, but later in the episode, we see that when you're submerged in these snails and you have a prolonged exposure, even as a stand user, you will succumb to them. Why snails, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I do they? Does the narrator explain this at any point later? Because I know that we got a good mm. explanation about like the raining frogs part. Yeah, uh, I think that was just like a. Or Jolene mentions it, like how that was like a just a weather phenomenon that was caused by weather report. Um, but there was like the narrator came in during that episode and had a like a semi explanation as to why the frogs in particular and why poisonous frogs. But I'm trying to remember, and we'll we'll find out in the next episode or two if the narrator or somebody maybe like Poochie explains why snails and why rainbows. Well, for my notes for this episode, I. No, I noted that the, the narrator talks about the ozone after the eye catch, and it was more so about the ozone layer. I don't think it specifically mentions why it's snails, though. But I, I just pulled up the JoJo wiki uh, with Weather Reports, the stands article on that wiki. It says here that, it can be assumed that the symbolism behind heavy weather turning people into snails specifically is to counter the design and abilities of made in heaven, which that sort of makes sense. That is so cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Obviously, snails are sluggish and, you know, there's the term of working at a snail's pace, so very slow-like, and compared to the, the, the stand made in heaven... Well, we all know now, at least those of us who, who watched the entire part on Netflix, that it's all about accelerating time. I did not think about that. That is a really cool concept. And even if, like, you could you could argue that wouldn't work, like, you turn people to snails, but you can't stop time or whatever, you could turn Poochie into a snail and then slow down his ability. Because we see later in this episode that Jolene, when she turns into a snail, her rope ability in particular gets slowed down and she can't even reach certain distances because it's 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 slow. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. really cool. I didn't even think about that. To expand, I guess, a little bit more on Weather Report's evolved stand, um, at this point in the episode, Versus tells Jolene and Hermes that Weather Report's stand is so powerful, it can control any aspect of the weather, including destroying the ozone layer, layer if you wanted to. But then I question, would Weather Report want to do that? Maybe he is so jaded that he's like, fuck the world. <laughs> I'm going to destroy it. Everything sucks. But who knows? And then Poochie chimes in to clarify that Weather Report's stand is an, has an automatic function to it that, again, works without him like consciously controlling it and that his ability manifests in ways he doesn't even realize. So that's, again, making me think, like, yeah, maybe... Maybe Weatherport realizes he's making rainbows because that's part of the weather, but does he realize that the that the snails are also part of his own doing? And can he even stop it if it is an automatic function? Hmm. Okay, there, there's a lot of things now that I'm thinking about <laughs> with Weather Report's stand. I feel like he could control it if he learned to control his anger because then Poochie goes on to say, like, he he basically is trying to make it seem like Weather Report is doing this because his memory is back. But and and that's like he, he's trying to blame it on that. Like you gave him his his memory back and therefore all of this is happening. But I think Poochie's is really saying that he wants his memory extracted again so he could save his own ass, right? Because if he's got Weather Report trying to kill him, that's another layer of complication for Poochie. And 
I um I have to double check this. I guess maybe in the next episode where they talk about weather reports like backstory but i think weather reports rainbows and all the snails didn't manifest until poochie came in and ruined everything for him and made him really really angry so again while weather report might not be able to control every aspect of his ability i feel like the snails and the rainbows only happened due to this extreme trauma that was brought on by poochie well now i'm I'm looking through i'm sure you're gonna bring this up later but the the narrator the narrator's speech about um the ozone layer, one thing he does says is humans cannot predict irregularities in weather patterns. And I think it's that unpredictability of weather report stand itself that also feels like it's an antithesis to like Poochie and his concept of heaven is always having this fixated point in time. Like, fixated destiny or fate right and i think that's also why poochie thinks that weather report is dangerous i mean yeah he he knows he's out to or weather reports out to get his blood but also that his stand is it it could lead to the downfall of his plan yeah yeah it's it's interesting the way that poochie and weather report are so oppositely constructed when they're twins they're not even just siblings they're twins i imagine fraternal twins because they look different they act different even their stand powers are completely opposite so it's yeah it's just interesting if you think about like the lore behind stands here are two blood relatives actual twins who manifest such drastically different stands because of who they are or you can even look at it as an as a comparison between the feud between Jonathan and Dio, two also diametrically opposed characters. And then here, it's, it's kind of a repetition of that between two fraternal twins, I guess you could say. I don't, although I don't know if they're actually twins, right? They are twins. They are? Yeah, we had this chat before. Okay, <laughs> maybe once we <laughs> when... watch, we watch the next episode, I'll, we, I'll, we had, it'll click again. You and I had this chat I guess not on an episode of Strictly JoJo because when we finished Stone Ocean, the final core part three or whatever, you were asking about this exact thing. We were like, wait, so they're not twins. And then I had to explain what they explained in the next episode about, uh, about like Poochie and weather reports backstory. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll you go through what, it. Yeah. We'll go through it. <laughs> when it comes to the next episode, uh, it'll, like I said, it'll click again for me. After Jolene, Hermes, and Versus escape the giant hole in the ground, we see Versus um, running away from the hospital, basically saying he's determined to get the power to attain heaven before Poochie does, and then uses his own standability underworld to manifest Jolene and Hermes, like a, a memory of them from the ground, um, the moment before they enter the hospital to see what they were talking about. He literally fucking eavesdrops on their conversation using his standability. And I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Underworld is crazy OP. Can you imagine? Like, maybe it doesn't have fighting abilities per se, but can you imagine all the shit that you could use that for? Again, if you wanted to be a fucking detective, he could do that and probably be like the world's greatest detective. Or if he just wanted to, if he was in an argument with somebody, right, and wanted to like deliver the receipts and be like, no, actually, you said this, he could just manifest a memory of them saying exactly what he's trying to reference. It's there's so much potential potential with underworld it's vastly underutilized i was gonna say this later when it comes to um versus looking for emporio but i think you do see the sleuthing skills at play in this episode because in that later part uh versus has to kind of piece together who emporio is so that he can find out uh how to how to locate him and then take uh, Jotaro's memory disc. Uh, but again, it's it's Versus's obsession with having this sort of birthright to attaining heaven before Pucci can that harkens back to how he's sort of inherited Dio's personality, especially his, his tenacity here and his superiority complex that he, he'd rather not work for the greater good and just only for his own selfish needs. And actually, before we get to the eye catch, I did note 
that there was one more instance where Jolene says yare yare dawa. Uh, I think it, she said it in the previous episode, and we're just commenting on how we, we hardly hear her say this catchphrase. So just wanted to note that we can add that to our yare yare dawa counter, however many have already been said in Stone Ocean up until this point. And so we reached the stand stats for this episode at the eye catch, which of course focuses on weather report. So destructive power is at A, speed is at B, range is at C, durability is at A, precision, precision and accuracy is at E, and development potential is at A. I think that last category definitely represents how weather report has evolved into heavy weather uh although precision yeah precision and accuracy at e makes sense because i guess that's more so describing the unpredictability of the stand that and like yeah it's probably really hard to control like a cloud it's just gonna expand and just kind of like be a cloud you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. unless you know maybe precision is like when he was using his stand ability to make sure that that old man wasn't being rained on like, but there's, mm. it's still kind of like a wide, you know, circumference. Anyway, um, yeah, I could see that being what it is. And then, of course, destructive power at A. We see that firsthand here with how everyone's fucking turning into Gary the Snail. <laughs> well, after the eye catch, the narrator is back once again to educate us, this time on the ozone layer. And we talked a little bit about this already. And then we jump back into what's currently going on with Versus as he's trying to find Emporio. Um, He realizes who he is through a phone call, knocks the kid the fuck out, and then drags his body over to the bushes. This already sounds pretty sus, but he's doing so before Jolene and Hermes can help Emporio. But I like how before that, I think Versus was figuring out, okay, I'm sure that this Emporio kid... He's going to go back to the hospital to protect Jolene. And so he's running towards the hospital. And as he's finishing up his monologue, you see Emporio's little head flash across the screen going the opposite way. Because he's trying to not not make it to the hospital. He's trying to find the Speedwagon Foundation. (laughs) Yeah, just serendipitous, I guess, although Versus didn't realize it in the moment. Versus then uh, attempts to strip search Emporio, but luckily he realized that there was a little mini bag um, associated with Emporio's stand uh, and, and you know, doesn't need to actually strip search him. I know when we were first watching this episode, everyone was bracing for impact. They're like, oh, God, oh, God, this man is trying to strip this boy. <laughs> um, but it was fine. Jolene and Hermes end up turning into snails when a car, when they, when they have to jump out of the way of a car and then do finally have prolonged exposure to the snails. And this causes Jolene's movements to be slowed down basically at a snail's pace. But she does continue to think outside the box and uses her malleable body to fit inside of a pipe and therefore roll closer to Versus so that she can actually engage him and and, and attack him. Um, and I guess he, this I'm a little bit confused by, he Versus uses his stand ability to excavate memories of salt water evaporating so that the salt damages her. Is that a fair explanation? Is that how he explained it? Actually, I have a lot of questions before we get to this moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I guess to address that first, I mean, if he can es- excavate memories of the earth, I- I'm sure that would also include bodies of water because that's technically part of the earth. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, the questions I had, at all the things leading up to this moment, one versus digging through Emporio's you know, stuff. Is it that I thought Emporio was holding this all in his, his like burning down the house ability, right? It's not like he's actually putting items in his pocket. I think he, I don't know, maybe he can shrink them. Maybe the bag is also a memory and it's shrunken down to like store stuff. Have we ever seen burning down the house? I know not every single, like there are a few stands in the JoJo universe that don't have physical manifestations that we can see. It's just a space, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like, I I thought it was the room, but I don't think it's the room. I think it's just like the uh, the concept of being able to manifest memories of items and then use them. Hmm. Okay. 
with yeah, limitations. It's, it's ghost objects. I just yeah, saw ghost on objects. Yeah, there you the go. JoJo Wiki. Uh, but I guess the the second thing is, why would Versus want to get the disc off of Emporio's actual body instead of just pulling it from Emporio's memory when he found out his identity, like he did with Pucci? Great question. So I noticed this too. It looks like in the episode uh, that Versus does excavate a memory of Emporio, but the memory is of Emporio making the disc disappear, which I think is supposed to lead you to believe, well, shit, I can't grab it from the memory because the memory shows it disappearing. But then I'm like, why not just find a memory like five minutes earlier? Yeah, rewind it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pull pull in a Bacchio and rewind that bitch, and then you'll be able to get the the disc. You're absolutely right. I think this is a uh, an Iraqi forgot, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe Versus was just so keen and on getting this disc that in the moment he didn't realize. Well, maybe I should just excavate a, an earlier memory of the disc. Yeah, maybe it's it's that like spur of the moment thing where he's just thinking on his feet frantically and doesn't realize the answers right in front of him. Um, I guess two more questions and then we'll get caught up back to the moment where Jolene gets to attack versus I just noticed that Jolene and verse or Jolene and Hermes are running in the distance and versus notices them. And he's like, Oh shit, I got to hide this body. And so that's where he drags Emporio. But Jolene and Hermes don't notice him in return. Yeah, no, I don't funny? know. <laughs> like you can't see him clearly, but he can see you clearly. Uh, just one of those other. We'll, we'll blame it on the moments. angle of the sun. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe there's a rainbow covering his his image or their vision. Uh, but yeah, going back to this whole pole thing, a light pole, street pole, whatever it is, that still doesn't make sense to me because how would have where would Jolene have gotten this pole if she was being dragged by the football team? And then how would it have bounced back into Versus's vicinity? Yeah, she would have need she would have needed enough force to, I'm guessing, break the light pole, or if it was already broken, to like push it with enough momentum back towards um, Versus. So I don't know. I was like uh, gonna assume it was Kiss's sticker, but Hermes had nothing to do with that. But then you see like a football player come back into the vicinity, climb up that tree, and then oh, with a string still attached. Maybe she attached a string Mm. from that football player to the pole in order to roll it or like drag it along. But then the football player would have had to change direction because they were all going away from versus at first. Well, I think he did because he climbed up a tree and he's the only one. Because remember, but, we can. There's like the ability to slightly manipulate the memories because Jolene crashed that that jet fighter into the plane to avoid an explosion. So I imagine maybe she did something to that effect to like slightly manipulate the memory, get that one football player to run back towards that direction. Mm, okay, I just think that's a little bit of a stretch. I know it is. But... <laughs> it definitely is. But that's all I could think of. <laughs> you know, Jolene can always fight fate somehow, so I'll I'll chalk it up to that too. So sometime in in the midst of versus strip searching Emporio or almost strip searching Emporio, um, he realizes that Emporio's burning down the house works similarly to Underworld, where Emporio's stand can control the memory of objects. And I was like, that's kind of cool. That's interesting to think about that these two have memory based stands where they can use those memories to their advantage. But one is just the memory of things in the earth and one is the memory of objects. Although I still think that Versus could use that same like that same concept of getting memories of objects because he already did with Bucci's disc. He did with excavating right. salt water. So his Versus' stand, I think, is way more versatile than, um, than probably Emporio's burning down the house. But in the midst of the almost strip search, Versus doesn't realize that he's now become infected with these snails because of prolonged exposure to Emporio, who had some level of exposure to Jolene, and Jolene passed that snail infection along from her to Emporio to Versus, causing Versus to slow the fuck down, and now he can't do shit. So when did Jolene infect Emporio? I don't know because then she pulls a, <laughs> one of uh, Kiss's stickers off her face. 
Yeah. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> when did that happen? What did that, Im- what did that affect? Where did this come from? Unless it's like, oh, she was hiding along Emporio's back, like that prison guard in that That's one what episode. I was thinking. But she would have to be so small to have fit. Unless, you know, there was like that shell that was also on, on Emporio's back. Yeah. Although I don't think she would have cr- crawled into a shell. I don't know. I think maybe like as she was getting dragged away, maybe Kiss multi- like multiplied her so she could stick around near Emporio and cause prolonged exposure is yeah. my guess. But again, it is it is very vague the way it's shown in the anime. It's, it's very vague. Um, and even watching this episode multiple times, I'm still like, I don't get exactly what's going on with Kiss's sticker in that moment. And Hermes doesn't even say like what she did. Not that you know, anime characters have to explain their motives all the time, but that would have given us some clarification about what's happening here. Once they've stopped Versus from running away, Jolene hijacks a car with her stand ability. And I like this moment because Hermes makes a joke about her landing in jail after hijacking cars. And Jolene's like, bro, I never, never fucking hijacked a car before. (laughs) But I think that's a callback to one of the earliest episodes of Stone Ocean where there's like these like reflections on, on the moments that Jolene has been in bad situations um, or has been like arrested or whatnot. And I think she was arrested or something uh, when she was like 16 for, for driving car a car. Oh, was it driving a car? I thought it was. I don't know if it was driving jacking. a car or hijacking, but either way, she says she never hijacked a car. So uh, <laughs> there you go. And when Hermes enters or tries to enter the car, she realizes that the car is filled with snail eater beetles. And I've never heard of this type of beetle before. Is this legit? Um, let's see. I don't want to uh, Google it because I hate bugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just looked up on Google. All right. I Googled, yeah. Snail eating beetles led me to this Wikipedia article about Scaphinotus, a genus of beetles that eat snails and are generally limited to the moist environments where snails live. Man, I do appreciate when Iraqi embeds these pretty, these these very realistic things into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like he does take the time to research things in the real world that can apply to these situations versus just making shit up. I mean, he makes plenty of shit up, right? Like stands aren't real. Hamon's not real. None of that's real. But it is nice to see a high level of realism in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for such a weird show. I mean, you can question why are these beetles just here suddenly, but going off of this article and how it says they're generally in the same environment where snails live, okay, I, I can deal with that. It's kind of like where, like why worms suddenly appear on the ground when it's raining. Like, the, where, oh, the yeah. fuck did the, where do the worms <laughs> come from? Right. I imagine, I don't want to Google it because, again, I hate, I hate bugs. I imagine it's like the ground filling up with water when it rains and then it pushes the worms <laughs> no, out. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I know what you mean. And the episode ends with Weather Report and Anasui and Weather Report sensing that Poochie is closing in on them and shares with all of us that his sole purpose in life is to settle the score with Poochie. And we all know what comes next. We get the backstory. We get the weird shit that happened. Game of Thrones shit. I know. We get some Ciscon type of shit. And oh, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because I'm going to defend Weather Report to death. <laughs> and that brings us to our final thoughts for part six, episode 30, Heavy Weather 1. So was this episode just as you had forecasted? I mean, okay, so I I personally would have loved way more Weather Report content for an episode titled Heavy Weather, but I think it was still a really important episode to explain to us in depth, not only explaining, but actually showing us examples through Jolene Hermes um, and Versus, how incredibly powerful and dangerous Heavy Weather or Weather Report's Evolve stand can be. Because it's one thing to tell us that he's quote-unquote going to become your enemy or quote-unquote going to be so dangerous now that his memory is back. It's another thing to show us that. So while some people may feel that this was sort of fillery in in a way or maybe um, less significant, I think it's important for us to actually see all of this to get a good sense of the threat at hand. Otherwise, it would just make it feel like they're trying to put some ambiguity around Weather Report and not be actually convinced by it. What about you? 
Yeah, I thought it was a decent transitional episode. It gave us a slimy taste of what Weather Report is really capable of now that his memory is back. But I think other than that, this was pretty much just watching Versus devolve from one of Dio's dastardly descendants into a punching bag in his failed attempt to gain an upper hand in the ensuing mayhem. Although, as we were kind of talking about uh, just a couple minutes ago, it's, it's a little bit confusing how Jolene managed to stop this slug in in his tracks, but it is what it is. And thankfully, this episode doesn't move at too much of a snail's pace because it does build up this mystery of who Weather Report really is and why he's a credible threat, not just to everyone who tastes the rainbows, but more importantly to Poochie's plan. And I'm actually recalling right now in Stone Ocean Part 1 how Weather Report's stand was effective in taking down uh, the, the Monkey Man's stand. L- L- was it Lang Wrangler was the guy's name? Yeah. Um, it was Jump- Jumping Jack Flash, I think was the stand's name, and how it was gravity-based. Was that? Do you think that was like indirect foreshadowing as how he would be the, the Joe Bros, the prison posse's trump card? in ultimately defeating Poochie. Ooh, I also didn't think about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I didn't put that connection together about Jumping Jack Flash and the fact that it had impacts on, on gravity and sort of creating this bubble effect. Um, yeah, I think that there is a tie in there, I'm sure, because wasn't Jumping Jack Flash one of the stands that was granted to that individual by Poochie's discs? I believe so, yeah. So, I mean, Poochie hand-selected that particular stand ability to go up against Jolene and Weather Report in that moment. So it's just another uh, another play by fate that shows Poochie mm-hmm. not everything is going to go your way. If you're a fan of Weather Report like me, look forward to the next two episodes because these discussions are going to get real intense. Carl and I have already had some discussions around Weather Report when we first completed the final core of Stone Ocean. So Yeah, it's made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm ready to have these discussions in more depth here on Strictly JoJo. Thank you guys so much for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode's review. And we appreciate you joining us each and every week. Subscribe to Strictly JoJo on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. And tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. To be continued.